Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. And remember, I'm only as hip as my guests. And I have to tell you, the, uh, the Super Bowl party we had... Happened like it happens like every year. First of all, it was great because the score was eight nothing at the end of the uh, first quarter. Which I played a pool. I got Seattle eight, you know, Denver nothing. And I thought maybe you know, let's say it would be twenty eight to ten or whatever. I ended up putting two hundred fifty dollars on a twenty dollar bet. So I'm pretty happy about that. But what's amazing is like happens every year. You know, we we have a little bit of a spread. You know, Joanne makes the meatballs. We had a crab dip. We had a crudite. But once again, people, my friends, that's what I say. You got to hang out with people who are your age or older who have some semblance of success. Because honestly, here's what we ended up bringing. I mean, we, we had this crappy little food we were going to cook, like corn dogs and stuff. We didn't have to. Someone brought quesadillas. Someone brought a huge pizza. Someone brought Jersey Mike's, which is a hoagie place, subs. Someone brought bacon-wrapped uh, scallops. Someone brought cheese. It was unbelievable. I was sitting there going, I didn't even open the cheese we had. I have to go back to Ralph's and, and you know return it because I'm not going to eat that we have all this cheese but so if you have a party people hang with older people and that's also there was so much beer brought over I had people leaving with 12 packs because I'm like I don't I don't drink in the house really I don't you know I mean I still had 12 in there and people brought a bottle of Patron a 1.75 liter of Kettle One it was just crazy and the game sucked but it was good to hang out with friends anyway enough about that we have a we have a very uh funny talented guest today uh, it's funny i was one of those people i watch tv well someone recommended him and it, when you watch tv and you see commercials you all of a sudden recognize people and what i do is i google i sit there and go guy from whatever commercial or when it's on a tv show when it's a guest spot let's say on you know castle i rewind it and my guest today is clinton culp how you doing clint i'm fantastic and an honor to be here i you know it's funny i did your background and i uh you're from texas correct now are you a Cowboys fan? I am a Cowboys because okay, I'm an Eagles fan. I was thinking oh, when you right, came in, but all it's right. so funny because I was like, God, you know, and it's so funny because my my good buddy, he just got engaged to his girlfriend, and he's from the Philadelphia area like me. He's a huge Eagles fan. She's from Texas. She went to the University of Texas. She, in fact, she's so big from Texas. Her uh, fantasy football team is called the Major Apple Whites, okay. which a lot of people know that's sure. the quarterback from Texas years ago. But it's just funny because it just changes when there's a, you know, when people, you know, they're in love now. And I go, that's a reality show, you know, yeah, during football yeah, yeah. season. Yeah. So, so you grew up in Corpus Christi, right? Sure. Now, as a kid, was there acting around your house or comedy around your house? Or what did you, as a kid, what did you really want to be? Did you have any idea? Well, you know, it all started, first of all, there's no acting going on there. Uh, but it all started when um, Stripes, the movie Stripes came out. Okay. And I used to be dropped off in the mornings at Cine 6. It's a theater in Corpus Christi. had six theaters, hence Cine 6. And they would drop me off in the morning and they would pick me up at night. So I would just hang out at the movie theater all day and all night. And when I saw Stripes for the very first time, um, everybody went nuts. And I got, that's the very first time I got the goosebumps and everything like that. I said, oh, my God, I know exactly what I want to do. See, I want to do what 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 they're making me feel. I want to do that. That's so funny because and we we noticed that. I mean, you said you don't think about it. When that's why I always ask uh, guests what they you know how they get their start. And it's so many people. It goes back to a movie. Or for me, I remember I'm a huge Woody Allen fan. Seeing Woody Allen, my father had it on like PBS. It's Channel 12 in Philadelphia, and I saw Take the Money and Run. And I'm I'm little. I mean, I shouldn't really be getting it. And it just you sit there and you go, wow. And years later, I watch it and I go. I mean, like you can tell. So, so you you like the stripes. Now, yes. what character did you like the best? Well, you know, Bill Murray was was great. I mean, I grew up with Saturday Night Live. My dad would call me in to tell me to tell me Saturday Night Live is on. You know, I was a young kid, so 
I got comedy pretty quick. And um, there was, obviously there's Bill Murray, but there was John Candy, the big guy. Right. And he's sticking out. Everything he says, the audience is going nuts. There was never, like, just a line that was serious. Everything he did was just something funny. And I thought, man, that's it. Of course, that was also the time of John Belushi. Right. He was still alive and doing stuff. And my parents, when I was, I forget, I mean, I'm still 11. They're taking me to see Blues Brothers. And they're not apologizing for the language or anything like that. And my parents are nice Christian parents, but that was just accepted. Were they, did they just, were they, was your dad a huge comedy fan? I mean, because, you know, first of all, Christian or not, a parent going to see the Blues Brothers is pretty hip. I right. mean, like my yeah. parents, like they watch this stuff, but they wouldn't go to see Blues Brothers. I mean, that's pretty hip. So was your dad a big comedy fan? Uh, you know what? I never really thought about that, but I guess he was because that's how I, whenever something was funny on TV that he was watching, Clint, get in here, come in here. And he would call me in to watch what's funny about this. So he, he never talked about it. He just told me to come watch it. And we never like, hey, Dad, that was funny because of this. It was never that. He would just show me, and I would get it and love it and want more of it. So you're sitting there, you're watching it, and then just know you, you know you want to do it. Right. Now, you know, as you said, there's not really an acting scene in Corpus Christi. Right. So is, do you, is there acting in your schools, like elementary school, junior school, or high school? Is there any acting class? And I think funny is most people I know who followed this career didn't act in high school. Because I know when I acted in high school, it was dudes with leg warmers and a few hot girls. And at, at, like in college, it's like, oh, I might take acting because these girls are really hot. And a lot of guys, you know, said they gave up sports to do acting because it was also hot chicks. But was there acting in your school? There was acting in my school. I was not interested one bit in it. Because just like you said, it wasn't my type of scene. Those weren't the people I hung out with. But Corpus Christi is about an hour and a half south of San Antonio. So I took some very bad headshots. I was probably in 11th grade. and Did, I, you, did, you, did you go professional or did one of your friends do it? Or how? Oh, I went to a professional photography studio, okay. which didn't even know what a headshot was. <laughs> yeah. It's the worst headshots ever. I wish I would have brought one in because it's just really bad. And I sent it to San Antonio, Texas. It was called Condra and Company. And uh, so they say, yeah, we would love come drive on up. So my mom had to drive me because I think it was actually now thinking about it. It was 10th grade. Okay. And so we drove up there and we filled out some paperwork. And then a month later, I had to drive back up there to do extra work. So that was my very first piece of extra. But it was now thinking about it. I was a principal in it because I was like one of the main funny things about it. But I don't know how they got away with hiring me as a extra was it a, a local production was it a commercial I mean, yeah, what was it it was for um it was for a water park down there okay and yeah and i yeah so but then a month later they were holding auditions for a movie starred robert downey jr anthony michael hall something like johnny foot no it's not johnny oh, yeah, no, yeah uh, I, I know exactly oh damn i know uh, it i'm johnny be good yes johnny be good okay. so they uh, they go, Clint, we need you to come up here to audition for this. So I drive, my mom drives me up there. And I was always embarrassed that my mom was driving me. So I always feel bad about this. And I'm going to pay back my mom for this. But she, but I made her sit in the car while I went inside the hotel. and did uh, Yeah, I mean, I can see because we're yeah. your kids. But that's one also that's great is that your mom uh, had that support that's true. A lot of people will be like, no. It's like my brother didn't get into this college in New York City, this fashion school. Because at the time, he wasn't good. He ended up graduating with like top designer. But my, he didn't get in, and my mom 
drove him to New York, and he went to the dean's office, and he talked his way in. But it's just cool that your mom was so supportive about oh, that. Oh, yeah. The whole family has always been supportive. I've, I can say that from the get-go. Um, so I auditioned, and then I went back up and auditioned again. So I thought, oh, my God, this is the easiest business in the world because right. this is my first audition. They were interested in me. And it was actually going to be so... I literally called my mom every day after the second callback. Mom, did you hear anything? I'd call from school. Mom, did you hear anything? No, no, mom. So funny before cell phones. Yeah, you know, it's exactly. like now it's like you get a, if you have an audition, you get a text on it. But back then, right. it's like, and your mom's probably going, gee, I will tell you when you get home. Go eat your lunch and go to class. Well, but I got to be honest with you. She was just as excited as I was. The whole family was like, because I even met Robert Downey Jr. going up to the audition. Okay. So it was actually, it was fun. It was cool. It was still when he had a space be- uh, space between his teeth. I don't know if you remember that, Robert I remember, Downey I remember, Jr. yeah, I remember all those. Yeah. Um, and so it, I was going to play their third guy. I, you know, there's two skinny guys. There's going to be the big guy, me, the hung out. So come to find out. I kept waiting. They wrote that whole third guy out. Okay, so you're sitting there, and they don't, of course they don't tell you no. because and it's not like LA where you can actually call and have your agent call. Because did you really have an agent? Uh, it was yeah, it was an agent in San Antonio. Okay, but they were there was it's a uh, you know local work right. It's nothing so, major. So were you, were you crushed? Was oh that- man, I was crushed. I yeah, I was devastated. I was because I thought because to me it was between it was it was my part but they right. wrote it out little do I know and I'm sh- I don't know it could have been me and 50 other guys but right at the right. time it's my part oh my god <laughs> this is the most important thing ever so you're devastated now yeah. you're still in high school yes so now do, do you sit there and go I'm, I'm gonna keep with this business or, or do you go to college or what do you do uh, I, well my, my my favorite joke is I forgot to go to college okay so bam there you go uh, when I was 18, soon as I graduated high school, we I had the summer in Corpus Christi. When all my friends went to college, I called up my best friend. It was literally a phone call going, hey, Jeff, do you want to move out to L.A. with me? Now, what was Jeff doing? Jeff was my rich friend. Okay. He got a... Um, he got some money when he turned 18 years old. Uh, no, actually, yeah, around that age. And he got a nice sum of money, and so he was just hanging out. So he said yes in a heartbeat. Now, had you ever been to L.A.? Never been to L.A. Okay, but you knew you had to be here. Something I knew said- I had to be here. I, I, I never saw anything different. I never saw myself going to college. I never saw any of that. I didn't even take a GED test because I knew this. Not, not, is that right, GED? But did you graduate high school? I graduated high school. Okay, no, what's the other one? SAT. SAT. See, okay, so you, you, I don't you even- didn't, Okay, you didn't even take that. So you, but you, so you were determined. You're like, I'm doing this. Yeah, but it wasn't so gun ho. I just knew I was going to do it. Okay. It's not like, all right, this is this is it. This is going to happen. I just, oh, I'm, you know. So you and Jeff, you and Jeff decided to come to L.A. Me and Jeff. Now, did you drive? We drove. He bought a. It was the brand new, and as we always like to put it, a fifty-five thousand BMW M5. Okay. Top of the line, brand spanking new. So he must come into a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, he did. It was it was pretty cool. He bought a surfboard. We strapped it on top. I I wasn't going to surf, so he just bought one and. We came here, and my agent in Texas, the Condren Company, her sister lived out here with her two kids. So she said, well, you can move in with my sister for six months, and you guys can take it after that. Uh, within a month, we, there's no way. Me and, me and a guy living with a lady and her two kids. What area of L.A. was it? It's funny you say that because I listened to one of your shows last night, and you asked that question. It was on Morrison Street in North Hollywood, 
by that Odyssey video uh, place that used to be there. Okay. All right. I know it. It's, it's, it's off Magnolia, right? Yeah. It's, at, it's like that five-way stop okay. where the okay. five yeah. corners are. <laughs> so you moved in there. I moved in there. And so, and here we are. We're two crazy people who've never really had many rules. I'm the youngest one of my family. Jeff is a rebel of his own, and we have to be quiet because of a, a lady. And he has kid. money, so you guys are going out. All right. So I'm like, well, we can't really do this. So we have a six-month lease there. Jeff bought the six-month lease out. Okay. And we moved to 361 North Curson in Los Angeles, L.A. Okay. Is that, is that, is that on near uh, La Cienega? That or, is or? on Beverly. You know okay. what oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. So we moved there. And it was a very, very good time. Now, were you at, were you just partying, or were you look actually going to trying to do something about your acting at this point? Well, you, you know, the acting thing. I, I mean, I knew I got a whole story about that, but within within the first three days, I went to this place called the Actor Center in Los Angeles. All right, it was on Ventura Boulevard, and it was a place where they held acting classes, where casting they had casting out of there, they had classes, you name it, they all had this thing there. So within three days, me and my buddy went there, so I was looking at acting classes, like, all right, it's time to do acting classes. So I go there, and and I thought, man, this would be like a cool place to work. I don't know why I asked this question. And so I said, hey, can we fill out an application? She goes, sure. I fill out an application, and, it's, and on the bottom it says referred by. And I was 18 years old. I never had a job. I never took anything serious. I put referred by Frank Sinatra. Okay. <laughs> and at the time, he's still alive, and, you know, he's a big deal. So I turn in the application, and me and my buddy are walking out. We're walking out the door, and they go, excuse me, excuse me. Yeah, hi, hi, yeah. Hey, can we interview? Uh, yeah, um, let's interview you for this job. I'm like, oh, cool. So she's asking me all these questions. So she goes, so how do you know Frank Sinatra? I go, oh, Pam, I was only kidding about it. I've never met him before in my life. She, oh, well, <laughs> you seem like a fun guy. Yeah, you guys want to work here. So my buddy Jeff and I, we became errand boys. So we ran errands for casting directors, and I ran errands for these cast directors who are still calling me in today. So it was one of the best jobs Yeah, but they're, ever. because they're meeting you whenever you drop yes. something, and you have the commercial look. And so they probably sat there and went, okay, who's that guy? You know, and it must, so it must have been, I mean, that's a great, I mean, you hear about these guys who work in the mailroom forever. Nothing happens. You know, they, they work at the CAA mailroom. They never become an agent. But here it's because they're faced and they get to know you and they get to know your personality. That must have been great. It, it was great. It was great. My first three or four bookings was from those casting directors. I mean, they are the ones who put me in SAG. It's all, it's all because of that job. And I wasn't even trying i didn't even put the two together like hey i'm running errands for these casting right. directors like it just organically happened and it was one of the best things ever so you you have this job and you're running all over now you're are you are you driving in the bmw or how are you guys getting around well at first we shared his car Be, uh, i i still had i had a brand new car still at home my mom was going to be driving it out my mom and my aunt were going to be driving out to me like what kind a of car month and a half it was a uh, ford mustang convertible Sweet ass car. Yeah, it was it was a very cool car, man. Uh, so and the yeah, I got to start. So when my mom drove it out, I went out the night before, and I actually got my only fight ever with my roommate Jeff. Fist fight or Fist argument? Fight. Well, it was one. It was one hit. You hit him? Uh, no, he hit me, but it didn't even hurt. It was me falling down, 
and me cutting my uh, eye, my underneath my eye open. And here's my mom coming out. Right. And she goes, oh, my God, Clint, you couldn't just waited one more day before going out? That's funny. And she, uh, she was devastated. Like, what do y'all do out here? Yeah, because oh, you said she's very Christian. So she's yeah. like, it's like she's coming to do it. Already Hollywood has like the Sin City, you know, like the awful thing. She's probably like, oh, my God, they're killing my Clint. Yeah. Oh, my God, he's all, his face is beaten. Yeah. yeah, I've never had a gash. I've never come home with a gash, and then there it is. So that's always been a funny story for us. And she stayed at the Beverly Garland Hotel. Okay. Which, so anyway. But she brought your car out. She then. brought my car out. So bam, I had my car. So, But you're 18 at this point. 18. Okay. And now, did you get new headshots? I, I got new headshots. Now, how'd these come out? They, they, came, out, they came out very nicely. Uh, they're much better than the first round. And uh, again, the first round was just, is just the funniest thing ever. Um, they came out good. And so at that time... There was a strike going on. I believe it was the writer's strike. Yeah, okay. And I didn't know better. If I would have known now what I've known then, I would have never crossed any lines, but I am brand new to this place. Now, do you have an agent? Well, here's the deal. So I am working at the Actor Center, and this guy named Chuck Sloan, he does taxes. He's a really good guy. He, I owe a lot to him. Chuck Sloan goes, hey, Clint. You know, there's a strike going on. You should send your headshot over to my agent. And because they're taking non-union people right now. I'm like, cool, all right. So I send it over there. They ask to meet me. I go in there and I meet with Penrod Dennis. He's the dad who started the, who started the agency. I met with him and he goes, well, you know, I'm sorry, but you're too green right now. Come back in about six months. And I guess I was because, as I told him, I didn't even know what green meant. Okay. I didn't even really didn't know what it meant at all. So, but you'd auditioned before, though. That's the thing. You 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 knew the process, which well, it's more than more than most people who are just go into an office. They're just clueless. You know, they, they don't they don't know what an audition is. I mean, they don't know what is when you, what is it called when you turn to the right and turn to the left. What's that called? Well, that's well, your slate. You slate, slate your, your name, slate. You yeah, slate your name slate. And you turn right to the left to see your profiles and stuff like that. But remember, I only had like one or two auditions, okay. so I'm still not really getting it. And so he says no to me, and I'm literally, I'm, so I go home, and I am depressed, man. Like, this is the very first time I've ever been depressed in my life. And I'm like, oh, my God, this isn't going to work for me. The guy just said no, and I've, I, I thought I was going to be booking stuff and stuff right. like that. So I was literally, remember, laying down on my bed, just thought the end of the world was here. This was it. His son the guy who said no to me, his son called me and goes, hey, I just want to let you know that I'm actually interested in you. My dad sees you as being too green, but I think you're perfect. So I'm like, wow, really? He goes, yeah, actually, yeah. And the next day, he calls me up with an audition for the U.S. Army. Okay. And I book it. First, first, first one that they sent me on, I book it. What was your role? Uh, you can actually Google it. I, I mean, you can. It's on YouTube. Clint Culp Army commercial, and I was just playing the best man. I was just running along with a guy. I was just. It was a reaction shot. So right after that commercial, the strike came to an end, and then that director who hired me on that one, he brought me back in right after that strike was over and gave me my first commercial for the California Lottery. Okay, now, I, I'm trying to think, because I, I, I remember a lot of your commercials because you, you had a long thing. What was that one? Do you remember what you did? California Lotto was just me coming out of a convenience store with a 
uh, a, not a scratcher, but what do you call it? You know, the ticket, lottery. The, 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 yeah, the lottery ticket. I'm like waving it. Okay. And then that was it. Now, was that a, a national or is that just no. a buyout? Well, because it's California right, lottery. Yeah. So, so you know, you said you wished you know you gone across the picket lines. Then is that just because now you know what it's like, or just oh, because? Yeah. But, you, but you didn't know. I mean, and, I didn't and the thing know is, one bit. No one really knows. And and the one my one thing is, and I think it's changed, but. You know, when, when it comes to SAG and stuff like that, it always cracks me up when, you know, people are extras and they get their SAG card. And that's fine. Because, you know, the, I mean, the money is an extra in a commercial, you know, 350 for eight compared to non union, like 150 for 12. Right. But what only thing that's always bothered me about that was I've always felt if once you pay the dues to be a, in a union, you should be eligible to get their benefits. Yeah. And the, the health benefits you can't get unless you're a working actor. Which is always just, it's like these people, it's like, you're, and now I'm also always thinking, how'd you get in the union if you were an extra? Like getting in the, in the Writers Guild is hard. You have to have, write a screenplay sure. or a thing. But it was always weird like that for me. Yeah, yeah. Now, but you, now when did you get into SAG? Oh, right after the, the strike was over with because that same director who hired me during it, I mean, literally within two months of the, of the non-union, of the union strike, I was union. Now, you're still pretty green I very mean, green. i mean it's amazing is you know even though and it's how agencies are also is even though a guy said you're too green a few months ago if you you book two things then all of a sudden it's not that you're green i mean they were like two of your first auditions yeah, right and yeah, in fact yeah. the other guy you didn't even probably write the audition for because he, he saw you and he liked you yeah sure so what was that i mean how did you uh i mean first of all you you must have been pretty not egotistical but man you, you, you just nailed two commercials you haven't been out here that long someone just told you you're green I mean as, and you're young so we're all cocky when we're young I mean how did you handle it because it's like you're on TV all of a sudden well see but the thing is is I really wasn't on I was on TV it was an army commercial playing at weird times and a California lottery commercial so my friends in Texas still are not seeing me yet okay. they don't know well, what's Clint up to I have no idea I think he moved to Hollywood but it was one of those things where I was telling a buddy about earlier, I didn't know better going into these auditions that I needed to be, you know, playing it by the books. I, I wasn't playing it by the books. If there would be four of us going in there, I would do the old 60, the old 60 minute joke. They would say their name. Hi, I'm Mike Jones. Hi, I'm Ryan Reynolds. I'm so and so and so. And I'm Ed Bradley. Okay. You know, I would just be goofy. Not think, not, I wasn't trying to be funny. I was just goofing off. When you're and, young. Yeah. And I think they thought, wow, wait, who's this guy? Who's this guy doesn't care? We like him. Right. So so you're doing that. Yeah, I'm doing that. And it was and so my next commercial was a commercial. Oh, no, we hit the table. I can hear oh, it. Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. My next commercial is uh, for Avia. No, wait, are, are you getting in between your next commercial and, and the California? Are you going out to audition a lot or are you just like hitting them like boom, boom? Like you're no, getting not, booked. No, I'm you're not even booked. going. Yeah, no, you're right. I'm not going out a lot. I'm not going out a lot, but the ones I am going out You're on, nailing it. I'm nailing it. And my next one was for Avia, Tennis Shoes with Brian Bosworth. Which, you know, it's so funny, and younger people don't know and how big of a sensation Bosworth was. I mean, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, and the hair and all that. And then, of course, when he got Bo Jackson ran his ass over in a game, yeah. his career was pretty much over. But that must have been cool. Are, are you a football fan? I am a football fan. So that must be cool because you're meeting. A, and at the time, Bosworth is at, at the time of his of his prowess, like when he's really big. 
Well, okay, but wait. See, but here's Hollywood for you, and here's what I don't know yet. I'm auditioning for this commercial for Avia. I didn't know Brian Bosworth was in it. Okay. So, but the commercial starts off with, are you one of these guys? And it cuts to me on a couch eating potato chips. <laughs> now, now, did you become a good eater on film? Uh, do you know Chip Chinnery? Yeah, I do. Well, Chip said he's, he says he's one of the best uh, on camera eaters. He just said, oh, yeah. thing. Now, now, did, but it's, now, explain to my listeners what it's like when you're supposed to eat potato chips. Do they just give you them? And you don't really eat them, do you? Oh, well, first of all, they give you a spit bucket. Okay. And at first you're thinking, I ain't spitting anything out. I'm going to be eating that. Right. So you're eating it, and then, sure enough, where's the spit bucket? Okay. Because you're doing it a lot. <laughs> it's not like two or three takes. It's like, okay, we got to do the up close. we got to do the far away. we got to do the, you know, to the side view. So you're eating lots of chips. So anyway, I, I didn't know I was the cautionary tale of the commercial, which I don't care. I'd be cautionary tale any day of the week. Um, so I'm eating it. I'm eating the chips. Brian Bosworth goes, are you one of these guys? And so, bam, I'm on national television. I didn't even realize I was, Brian Bosworth was going to be in it. And then I, bam, I'm getting the phone calls. Hey, Clint, I just saw you on TV, man. What's up with that? Brian Bosworth, dude, what was he like? I'm going, I never even met the guy. So you weren't, no, you never, he just said, yeah. oh, wow. <laughs> So then people are just going nuts. I'm sure, yeah. especially in Texas, you oh, know, yeah. it's like, wow, you know, it's like you saw someone. So at any point during this time, and you're, and you're, and you're booking stuff, and your agent's got to be happy. Sure. And he's probably saying to his dad, I told you yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were, were you taking any acting lessons or anything like that? Or were you just saying, no, I'm just going to, you know. Well, you know, I'm a, if, if, if you want to cut right down to it, I'm a very lazy actor. Okay. Who comes up with a lot of excuses to not to go to acting class. My number one excuse was, I don't understand why am I going to go to an acting class with a teacher who didn't make it as an actor? Why is he going to teach me how to act? I've always said that, though. I've yeah. always said, like, you know, you see some guy, you know, like the guy who was in uh, Three's Company, uh, he played Larry. It's like, okay, well, after that, you know, John Tripper was went on to be just an amazing, amazing, great physical actor before he passed. But this guy didn't do anything. So it's like, wait a second. Wouldn't that, wouldn't like be, be more better if like, like let's say when jo, if John Ritter was alive, if he taught, you know, right, right, I, right. I, I've always sort of said the same <laughs> thing too. Like it's, un, it's understandable if a person is an acting teacher and that's all they do. They don't really go out and act, but they know and they have a great respect. And it's great if there's a teacher, like I had Ken Lerner on my show. Oh, sure. Who's been booking stuff for years. And Richie Keene also who directs and acts. There are people you can sit there and go, okay, you know what? These guys know what it's about. They book stuff. I've seen this body work. But I'm the same way. It's like if a guy sits there and goes, you know, pay me this. It's like, but you didn't do anything after that show. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's always been my thought process. And and then like, I'm like, okay. Like I, I don't book a job for like a month and a half. I'm like, all right, I got to do something here. So I'll I'll go down there and look at the acting class. And then, and then, bam, my pager will go off and I booked a job. Okay. So I'm like... I don't, damn, I, I guess I don't need the uh, acting class anymore anyways. So. so how old were you at this time when you started booking this stuff? I, it started, I booked my first job within six months of moving out here. So you were 18. I was and, eight, still okay. 18, and I booked my, so, and then two months later, so I'm still within my first year out here. So you're you're like a little babe in the woods, sure. and, and you already booked, and, and then Bosworth was a national. Sure. So you're booking stuff. You must be loving it, and you're making some cash, I'm sure. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, you know, it, it's just you're living that dream very quickly. Even you know you're, you're I mean, you're a working actor. But when looking back about it, commercial money is a great way to become really complacent and very lazy. Okay. Because I have, it's it's not. 
it's when I get slow is when I got, all right, I got to, I got to take care of business now. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to make something happen. But as long as I got the commercial money coming, I'm like, ah, eh, everything's good. So you're booking the commercials now in your first, like say two years here, how many commercials did you book? Did you, I mean, if you, a rough estimate. Uh, within my first two, I would say eight. So, okay, so you're working. Now, at this point, does your agent say, we want to get you out to audition for TV shows? Or are you just saying, you said you're lazy, you're like, ah, I'm just going to do the commercial auditions. What was your mind frame? Well, you know, a commercial agent only sends you out for commercial stuff, obviously. Right. So, in order for me to get theatrical auditions, I'd have to get a theatrical agent. That wasn't even registering my mind right now because you're I still thought, green. Yeah. yeah, I'm green. I'm making some money. Everything is good. So you know, I think it's all going to happen as long as I keep doing commercials. I'm sure I'm going to get the phone call somewhere down the road to be in a movie. You know, to be a star of a movie. That's right. what I'm thinking. But you know, as a couple years go by, I'm still booking commercials, but no theatrical, no theatrical. And so I finally booked my very first theatrical gig, which was Knott's Landing. Okay, now that's such God. That's so funny. That's like it was. That was a huge show. That was a huge show, and that was the only time that I've ever been. That that's the only time I've ever been written up in the Corpus Christi Caller Times in our local newspaper. That uh, a budding TV actor from Corpus Christi, Texas, will be on Knott's Landing, and then that was it. Just a little blurb. Nowadays, they'll put anybody in the Corpus Christi Caller Times for doing anything. Okay. I mean, we're talking a big old spread cover of it, and I've still never been. And back in that. Now, what was it like going into the audition for Knott's Landing? Because you're used to the commercial audition where it's like, boom, you know, you come in and that's it. Now you're going into a TV show and I'm sure it's, it's, it's a different playing field. It's not, you know, I mean, what was that like? Were you, were you nervous oh, at all? I was so nervous. I could hear my heartbeat. I remember okay. hearing my heartbeat. It was, it was totally nervous because commercials, you can audition with a hundred other people or audition for the same part. For Knott's Landing, they're bringing in seven people for that part. So I go in, I'm nervous. I book it. I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, so I go to the set, and out of all of the days, while we're filming our scene, Mel Gibson, I'm, I'm sitting on the couch, Mel Gibson jumps and sits on the couch right next to us. He breaks the scene up. I don't know why I'm telling you this. I was, that was the one thing that I always thought that was really cool. Like, oh, my God. When you, do, is, that's awesome, when you do television, people like right. Mel Gibson drop by. <laughs> I'm like, this is the greatest thing going. So, so did you, did you help? I mean, what was that like? Did you, did you do fine on the rest of the shoot? Uh, yeah, I did fine. It was, it was, it was really neat. It was really, um, I don't remember too much of it other than I got my lines right. I never messed up, which is, I'm still thinking the same thing. Okay. I got to get my lines right. I got to get my lines right. I'm still thinking the same thoughts today, but it was cool. So you did that. That was your first TV That spot. was my first TV. That was kind of, and then, so I remember like six, six months after that, they con uh this was uh the savage agency who i was with i get a letter saying clint uh you're too old to be here because we're a kids agency so we're dropping you um so i'm i i have nobody i have no i was depressed that day i i've i'm not a depressing guy i don't get depressed i when i'm up for jobs i can get over it within a day but that was one another day that I was depressed in Hollywood when I got that letter. So you're depressed, even even though you're even though you're getting booked. But now, was it hard for you to get a new agent? Because I mean, you you've booked a lot of commercials, you booked a TV show. I mean, you must have just walked into another agency and just they should have would probably just signed you. But they don't care about commercials. There, if anything, you're a commercial actor. Okay. So that's actually 
that's actually hurt me several times because they don't want a commercial actor. They want people who know they can do film and TV. So I finally get a film and TV agent, and it, you know what it was? It was actually during another strike. We had a strike. It was the uh, SAG. It was the SAG um, actor strike. Okay. That was when I'm like, oh my god, I'm not going out. What do I need to do? And so I get a theatrical agent. So that's when see something always has to happen for me to get off my butt to do all something. Right. And so that was the thing that got me. You know, all right, let me go take care of business in the theatrical world. So you sit in there, so you sign with a new agency. Right, sign with a new agency. And they send me out, and they're like, well, Clint, listen, we're not going to send you out for co-starring stuff. We don't do co-starring parts here. You're going to have to get the big parts. You're going to have to book these big parts. So I go out for these big parts, and I'm like, I, I'm already taking myself out of the running because I'd get in there, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, when I'm in the waiting room, I'm seeing that guy. Oh my God, that guy's in that movie. This guy. Right. Oh, look at that guy. That guy's on a. He was on a series last year. Why are they going to hire me? So I'm like messing my own self up. Where am I going with this? I don't know. But um, it just finally started to click when I booked Yes, Dear. Okay, that was with uh, Yes, Dear was with um, 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 Anthony Clark and Anthony. Yes, and, and uh, Mike McDonald. No, it, it's Mike. Oh, we'll both think about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so that was filmed in front of a live studio audience. And then that's when everything clicked like this. Is now, had you had anything, any stage performance before no, that? So that no. that's must be a little nerve-wracking, it too. Was, it's very nerve-wracking. And I just did a show a couple of months ago in front of a live studio audience. And you don't really get used to it. It's like you show up to the set. You have to get your lines right. You have to do everything right. Oh, by the way, there's also 100 people here watching you doing it. It's weird, you know. It's so funny when the the, the seeing the show live. Um, when my before my girlfriend moved out here, when she would come visit, uh, it turns out there's a there's a comic named Gary Cannon. He does a lot of warm up, so he is doing warm up for Sullivan and Son, and she loves that show. So I called him. I said, "Hey, Gary, man, can you get us in there?" And he goes, "Yeah." So and it was funny because it was I really I, I was at a show years ago when they type, taped Titus, but you forget, you know, when it's the live show, they run the whole thing through. I mean, yeah. which is amazing, and it's it's like a play because they do it, and then of course they come back and do different takes. And this show, Sullivan's in the different rooms they did do it in, but you're watching it, and it's it's very it's a very cool process oh, watching yeah. it. And and like with the with comics, like when I did you know, I stand up, when you get a crowd and you get a laugh, you ride that laugh. But with a live show, you can't, even though you want to, you sit there and go, "Wow, I want to bask in this laughter." You can't because it has to be 22 minutes. Yes, exactly, exactly, and and uh, I have. And that's when you know, like, oh, my God, I'm doing this in front of a live studio audience. I'm making the director laugh. I'm making the, the my co-stars laugh. And then I got this crowd laughing. Oh, right. my God, I love this process. So I, that's what my still my number one goal is, is to be a series regular on a sitcom. That's my perfect scenario. So as you're going out, when you're, you, so you start getting work. Sure. You know, and I saw you on My Wife and Kids. But I think you played like four different parts. I actually, yeah, I actually played six different parts. Okay. I, and but were you the same guy playing six parts well, or were you a different guy every time? Well, I was a different guy every time. And see, and it all goes back to me saying this earlier that certain agents don't send their clients out for co-starring roles. They will only send their guys out for guest starring roles. I would beg my agent to send me out on co-starring roles. 
because nobody wants to do them. I'm thinking, well, they're giving these parts away. Right, why, right. I don't understand. Why can't I go out and why can't I get, why can't I book those? And so, sure enough, I go out for my wife and kids, and it's a one line, and I I make everybody laugh with my one line. And you're so used to the commercial audition, so it's almost the same thing. Exactly. But there's actually people who aren't the judgmental casting director's assistant. There's a writers or whatever that sit there and go, okay, this is what we want to see. Yeah, yeah. So I do that. And then I'm like, oh, my God, that was the greatest day ever. And then within two weeks later, they're like, hey, Clint, you know, my wife and kids, they actually want to bring you back. But I'm like, oh, really? Playing the store clerk guy? No, you're going to be playing a plumber this time. And you got like two lines. I'm like, great. And so uh, Damon Wayans, I would, he was such a sweetheart, I'd crack him up. And then three months later, hey, Clint, they want to bring you back for a different part. Are you okay with this? I'm like, yeah, I'm okay with that. Sure. Well, it's funny because I look at your resume and you, you're working on some really good shows. Like you worked on Monk. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't know if it was, it was probably a smaller part. It was a smaller part, but it was a great small part and, for me anyway. And you got to work with Tony Shalhoub? Tony Shalhoub. And it was great because Tony, as soon as I got to the set, it was just, there was three of us in the scene and Tony Shalhoub comes up to me and goes, Hey, Clint, do you mind if we go in the back here and run the scene and let's work it out? And that was the very first time like a star included me okay. in the process of something. So I'm like, while he's talking to me, I'm like looking at him going, oh, my God, Tony, Tony Shalhoub is talking to me. Right. I'm loving this. This is great. He's asking me what I think. What do I think I should do here? Because all I'm playing is a, uh, is a bar fly that, that keeps taking his drinks because he doesn't want to touch it. So I'm like, hey, can then then okay. can i have it he's like yeah take it and so he would order another drink i'm like well are you, are you going to drink that no you can take it so it was just a fun little process of being in a working scene with him now at the same time are you still going out for commercials still going out for commercials are you booking them i'm still booking uh the booking started slowing down uh during the during the strike in 911 911 the commercial world has never been the same since then. I'm not complaining about it, uh, but it, it definitely changed. But it also, because of that time, this is an important part, uh, because of that time, I'm not going out as much. I'm not working as much. So I got to do something. And I know I don't want acting classes, and I've never taken any type of improv classes in my life. So a buddy of mine tells me to go to Improv Olympics. Right. I go to Improv Olympics. I take three courses there. And after that third course, they say that Second City is coming back to L.A. Because I guess it used to be here a long time ago. So they're coming back. And I go and I am I'm one of the grandfathers of this first since uh since, since they came back i took the very first class was mark beltzman your teacher i love mark beltzman me and him yeah. were in, me and him in a really 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 bad movie called killer drag queens on dope oh i can't wait to talk he to him plays about anthony i play tony I love and mark he's beltzman. great he's been on the show before yeah i i go to his after his his uh, day after thanksgiving party okay um anyway i i so i go and i and those are the very first guys that I finally found people like me. My friends, I become friends with people who laugh at the same goofy stuff that I laugh at. Because when I go film, before then, I would go film a commercial and I'd be on the set, me and an actor would hang out and he would go, hey, Clint, let's hang out after this. Yeah, sure, okay. 
and like we say we're going to hang out i never hung out right right that always happens so but with this comedy group that i became friends with i i hung out with these guys i had a fantastic time with these guys and i'm still and that was back in 2000 i'm still hanging out with that who were some of the other guys besides beltsman because i know beltsman was, was big second city who were some of the other guys that were back then Teaching or who I went to a uh, teaching was like Tom Booker. Okay, I know Tom. I used to wait tables with him years yeah, ago. Great okay. guy, man. Great he's guy. In, he's in Austin, Austin now, Texas. Because he's friends with uh, Kate Flannery and yeah. Rose Abdu. Right. They're all Second City. Um, uh, there's a whole group of those guys I'm still seeing. Like that's where I met um, Eric Stone Street. Okay. At Improv Olympics, he was a big Improv Olympic guy. Now you know where he is and. And my group of guys that I became friends with was like Simon Helberg. He's on the Big Bang Theory. Derek Waters, uh, Drunk History. Ben Hoffman, the Ben Hoffman Show. So, so there's a lot of cool guys that you hung out, and you guys were all you were all getting there in the beginning. Yeah, and we stayed, and we've stayed friends since then. And every time someone books something big, they hook the other person up. Now, did you enjoy the improv? Though, did you actually enjoy doing it? Because I mean, it's probably, you didn't like. I it? I hated it. Okay, I hated. I hate improv. So, well, why'd you hang out then? Because it was the very first time. I was like, all right, you know what? This is fun. They, they say that I'm good at it. I hate it. I can't stand it because I'm scared <laughs> I'm going to get on stage and not have anything to say. But I would always end up having a good time. It, it, the, it was the times after the shows were really fantastic. Well, that's like that's like when in Philadelphia, like the comics. It was, it was you know, you go up the mic, you do your five minutes. Like the crowd sucked. It sucked. But after when you just hang out and go to the bar and drink. Yes. You know, it's like to be find this little crappy place in Philly called Nick's Roast Beef or whatever. And it was always like a dive bar. It's like where, you know, there wasn't going to be girls around because we weren't out to drink to pick up girls. We were out to just bust each other's balls. That's bust it. comics we hated balls. Bust bookers we hated balls. And it was just, it's, it's, it, there is a certain camaraderie about, you know, improv and comics because we're also sort of a little bit skewed and you sit there and you get around a bunch of people are skewed and it's fun yes now, it's the same people who i hang out with every super bowl like you're okay. talking about your super bowl party i mean you got to be on in this room or people are they're going to jump on you for see, not being see, on see it's funny for my super bowl party almost everyone there was everyone's civilians like i mean as i call them civilians like i mean before like you know rich scheidner is a good friend He's, he showed up two years ago he's a comic but for me it's people who have regular jobs, or if they're in the industry, like one guy's a DVR assist guy, one guy's a sound guy. So there's no, there's like no performers. And always right. is weird because I don't gravitate to them. I guess because you know it's just different lifestyle, but it's just funny. But when they're together, when I get together with old comic friends or I go to lunch, man, we just crack up. Oh yeah, we still do. So I'm looking at your resume. So you worked on Two and a Half Men. Yeah, now that was, was awesome. Was that the Sheen years? That was the Sheen years. Okay, now now were you excited to work with him, or did you I get through any scenes with oh, him? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I, um, it was a great. Yeah, my scene was with him. Okay. It was a great week because my brothers were coming out to to visit, just to hang out with me. They didn't know I was going to be on the show. I didn't know I was going to be on the show. So I booked it, and I was literally having to go to the set every single day for a week over at Warner Brothers, and then I was able to bring them to the set, and they watched me film in front of a live studio audience. I introduced them to Charlie Sheen afterwards. Charlie Sheen was just so nice to him. I've heard he's like just the coolest guy. The coolest guy, man. I mean, I think a lot of the press beats him up, and like people don't know all like the charities he gives to. Like I heard there was a guy who was loved Charlie Sheen. He has like six months to live. His his I his goal would be to meet Charlie Sheen. I heard Sheen flew him out and his girlfriend, put him up at like the best hotel, brought him onto the set of anger management. But you never hear about that. No, you, you don't. hear about his meltdowns, but it's like 
you know, his meltdowns are like, I mean, we, we all have our meltdowns. Yeah, sure. But the difference is we're not Charlie Sheen. Exactly. Uh, Chuck Lorre was very nice to me. He actually wrote me the line. I, I auditioned three times for that one show. And it kept changing. But because it changed so many times, he made sure that he wrote me a line so I could stay in the show. Okay. So I got to be good to Chuck. I say Chuck like I know him. Right. I knew him that one <laughs> yeah. week. Um, but then, but Charlie, I'm saying doing it again, but Charlie was so nice to me and my brothers, I'll never forget it. It was one of the, he went out of his way to be nice to my brothers. Now, during this time, you're getting on these TV shows and you're still doing commercials. Do people recognize you? I mean, because it's one of those, I talk to commercial actors who do a lot of stuff and it's always like people are really old, like, I know you from somewhere. Do you get that a lot? I, I get that a lot. And that's a, that's a scary game to play because they go hey wait how do i know you and then you're at first you go oh i'm an actor oh yeah well what are you in well i've i was on this no i've never seen that and like you tell them everything you've been in they never seen anything of it so now you feel stupid for saying that right so <laughs> well uh did you see the uh at&t commercial with greg kinnear no oh well anyway it's, it's just, just so funny because pe people don't people don't retain i mean i do because i just have a weird mind like that and my girlfriend understands that with the actors now it's so funny because now because you know since she's moved out even when we were together for two years um she's noticed when we watch tv it's like she says you know if we watch tv from eight or let's say you watch tv all day she knows there will not we will not be able to get through something where someone hasn't been one of my guests right, right. because it's you know the people in commercials then you see like these old commercials and it's just it's weird because but i remember that because also because i this is i find my guests like bob recommended you and and i would have eventually gotten to you but when he said it I said okay people though don't really remember they just remember a face right now have you ever gotten hooked up because of that like has, have you ever got like a deal like Clenenden said he got it he got upgraded to a suite one time oh yeah oh definitely now I've gotten like free desserts and stuff like I oh, hear I love your commercial and then like give me a free piece of cake or something like that but uh I get it more because of my voice people will go I recognize your voice and like they always say, I was in the other clan. I heard you on TV the other day. It always starts with my voice. But I also get you. What am I? I always get. What am I trying to say here? I look like other people though too. Okay. Which I hate. Well, I get that too because like I, I guess because you know I'm bald and like we, I was at an '80s concert with my buddy, and I think I, I I must look like somebody like like just or because everyone's like staring at me and and, and then you start getting self conscious like because I'm legally blind when I but I'm like but no one's gonna go oh that look like that because he's got a cross eye it's not like I have a tumor hanging off right, my head right. but it's weird because and plus but then also added in that you may look like someone and plus you've been on I mean how many commercials have you done I've done around over 200 commercials okay so I mean everyone everyone put every everyone my listeners. Has everyone seen you? Just so you know, yeah. I mean, that's the one that must be weird because and most anyone who has a TV in this country has seen you at least once. Right, right, right. So, but now, dude, have you ever gotten a big hookup, like an upgrade to a first class or anything like that? Um, I I remember flying and the uh, the I don't want to say cocktail waitress or the stewardess because that's not right. Flight attendant. The flight attendant. Thank you. She would always come by and you're funny here. here you know, what what do you want to drink? It's the bar's on me tonight. So stuff like that. See, that's unfortunately, cool. yeah. Unfortunately, I've not gotten a suite because of it yet. Well, you might. Yeah, yeah. I might. The so, day's young. So as I look at your resume, well, you did CSI. CSI. Now, okay. Now, now you've always just done comedy. Always done comedy. So how does that even happen? That you know, and plus you 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 do comedy in your commercials pretty much. You know, you're not you're not a serious spokes spokes right. guy. So how did that come about? And that, uh, and that must have been was that scary too. 
I'll tell you what it is. It's me going, all right, oh, great. I have an audition tomorrow for CSI. Oh, my God. What do I, I hate this drama stuff. You get to a point where you say, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to go in there and I'm just going to say the lines because everything else is not working. I'm going to try to get in. I'm going to, when I try to delve into the scene to bring something to it, I'll leave there feeling like crap like that. Well, that, man, that didn't work at all. So I remember CSI showing up going, I'm just going to say the lines. Okay. So I just literally say the lines. And then three days later, hey, Clint, uh, you need to be on the set tomorrow, CSI. You booked it. I'm like, really? And then as soon as I walk into the set, the writer comes up to me and says, Hey, Clint, I just want to let you know that your audition was one of the best auditions we've had this year. So you sit there. So I guess because you just, once again, you don't, you don't give a crap. You're like, I didn't no. give a crap. I just said the lines. I literally just said the lines because every time I auditioned for anything serious, I didn't book it. So I'm like, this is basically a waste of time. Did you have fun doing it? I loved it. I loved it because... Uh, at the same time, I was doing uh, Kelsey Grammer's show, Hank. Okay. So I thought that was the coolest thing. Here I am. I'm doing a serious part on CSI, and then tomorrow I got to go do Hank. So it was a good week because I, I did a few gigs that week. Okay. So I'm sorry. That's it's so, all right. So so you do that. But I also know I saw you're in Hannah Montana. Sure. Now what was that like? Because now, especially now, because Miley and it's like, you know, the whole thing about her is. Man, Madonna did the same crap years ago. It's a kid from one... I mean, it's just so funny how people just get so out of shape. I mean, Alice Cooper used to, like, kick mannequins on stage. Ozzy used to bite heads off pages. But now this girl... So what was that like shooting that? And now, did you... I mean, she was big, but not not to the point where she is now. It was her It was her last years of being Hannah Montana. So it was the more, more grown-up Hannah Montana. It wasn't the little girl. So I remember talking to her and going, oh, my God. Not, like, checking her out, but, like being attracted in a way because you, I saw a serious person here doing this. Right. It's like, wow, she's not just some little teeny pop kid. She's like the real deal. I was really impressed with her. And uh, her dad, it was always weird because the dad and the daughter, they had a more of a brother-sister relationship. Okay. I was there all week long they treated me top notch over there, and it's, it's still one of my favorite bookings that I've done. See, that's cool though. it's, yeah. it's good stuff. So, so okay. Uh, what was I going to say? I lost my train of thought because I just have, I have to promote something for someone. And I can't find the email. <laughs> but it's okay. So you're still you're doing CSI. You're doing all this work. Now you ended up being in, in True Blood too, right? Yes. Now once again a serious spot, and, you, and you, of course you're doing different comedies. You did the Neighbors, which uh, did you run? Did you work with Patrick O'Sullivan? Do you know Patrick O'Sullivan? He's a redheaded, uh, fair, fair lad, tall guy. Yeah, that's the guy who I shot with. Okay, he's he's, he's one of the main guys. He's one like the main alien. Or he the plays main... Johnny Unitas. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's no, who my scene was with. Okay, that's very cool. nice guy. Yeah. So that's cool though. It's once again. So now, now True Blood, how'd that come apart about? Because it's once again, it's not you know, and it's a big show too. Well, I first got I, I auditioned for like that. I've, I auditioned for that show like three or four times. They hire a lot of redneck southern guys you know so i would always go in for rednecks but again i've gone in there four times i'm thinking oh my god these guys are never going to hire me i'm just going to go in there and just say my lines and just i actually ad-libbed more in that audition than ever before and and within 15 minutes of walking out of there i booked it now what was it like playing a vampire it was cool did they do makeup and stuff on your... Yeah, uh, my part was supposed to be... I was supposed to come back, and 
I don't know what happened, but it was a very little part, but it was a part that a lot of people saw. So that was really cool. So that once again, it must be it must be cool though, because you know, I mean, do you watch yourself ever on TV? I mean, well, you can't help it with the commercials if you're watching a game. Does it bother you when you watch yourself, or do you sit there and go, oh, I don't want to watch it? I mean, or have you just seen yourself so many times, you sit there and go, Ah, oh, Christ. I will I will watch something and I will rewind it probably about ten times and then I won't watch it again ever. You'll rewind it? I'll rewind it like ten times. I'll watch it and then I'll never watch it again. Now, do, are, are you uh, critical of your work? Like in a commercial, you go, oh, I could have done it this way or could have done that way, or you just oh, go, of course. you know? But of that's, course. I mean, but because a commercial, the thing about commercials is you have so much time just to nail it. You know, it's, it has that little. Even like commercial directors say, it's like it's thirty seconds, and you basically. You know, you've carried a lot of commercials. You have to just nail it. Well, I tell you what, I will go and do a big show, one of these big uh, network shows, and I'll literally be on the set for an hour and a half. I'll go shoot a 30-second commercial, and I'll be there all day and all night. So there's a gigantic difference, and which is fun. I don't know what the question was. No, I was saying, do you, do, you, do you sit there? I mean, you have to nail it. Does it? Do you ever sit there and look back and say, oh, you know, I could have done it this way or could have oh, yeah. done it that way? There are plenty of times where I will go home and tell my wife, last, that was the worst commercial I've ever done. I did the worst job ever. I, was, I don't know. I was off today. I was off today. And then as soon as that commercial s- starts airing, people will go, oh, my God, Clint, that's the funniest commercial you've okay. ever done in my life. So every time I bash myself... I think I go to someplace different because I'm seeing it bad, but then everybody else will see it good. Well, it's weird. As I, as I said, your resume is just it's because it's all over the place. It's like you, you know, you you do True Blood, and then you do Two and a Half Men, and then you did Last Man Standing. Yes. Now, were you with scenes with Tim? Or, Tim. So now, Tim Allen. I mean, you know, the guy was when he did stand up was just a monster. I mean, back before he got Home Improvement, that guy would just walk on the stage. I remember him playing a club in Philly and no one really knew who he was, but they knew from the, uh, uh, and the guy would just not clean, but he would just destroy it. He probably says he's a really cool cat. I, you know what? When I showed up to the set, I was not, not a Tim Allen fan. I didn't, I mean, I knew who he was. Right. He was Tim Allen. Okay. When I left that set, I'm like, wow, that dude is funny. Because that dude will tell a joke, and he'll go on an extra three minutes with that joke. Like a lot of comics, you know, tell a joke, get in and get out. He stays with it. He'll go on like a, like a you know, 13-year-old kid and just keep going on and on and on and keep beating that joke, which is my type of humor. So, so you work with him. That was a great experience. Yes. Okay, and then you also... We're in Sons of Anarchy. Yes. Now that is that's one of those things. As as a lot of people say, it's it's like a dude's soap opera. Yeah, that's and it's exactly got a, what it is. It's got a cult ass following. What was that like? Okay, that was one of my favorite stories because I booked it. I booked it. I booked the show, and I've never seen an episode. Okay. Never seen an episode. I literally watch a season on a weekend. I watch it from Saturday morning to Sunday night. Monday morning, I wake up, have to be on the set at 7 a.m. Within, uh, at 8 a.m., I am in the white van with the whole biker gang. It's me and the Sons of Anarchy. Now, what was your character? My character was, um, uh, it's on my IMDb. I can't even. Uh, I mean, what kind of person is it? It, it, was a, it was a very serious scene. It's one of my best things I've biker? ever done. What's that? Are you a biker? I'm not a biker. Okay. Uh, my daughter. Uh, bashes the main guy's motorcycle up. Okay. So he comes to my house. The whole gang comes to my house. 
and it's literally probably the most proudest thing I've ever I have on my resume. Was it? Was, were you a little scared there? Like, I was scared. The, I was scared about everything. Was Ron Perlman there? Uh, no. Okay, because that'd be was, even scarier. Yeah, he was in jail at this. time. Okay, sad. So I don't watch it. I, I watched yeah. the first two seasons. So that must have been great, though. So it'd be, and it's so funny because you've done so much comedy and stuff, but your proudest moment is the serious act. Yes. Well, that that particular Sons of Anarchy one. Okay. Now we have a few minutes left. What else is coming up? I say you're going to be on the show Enlisted. Yes, Enlisted, and I just worked on uh, Hot in Cleveland. Okay, very funny nice show. Big, I got a nice part in that, and that's going to start very soon. Who do you act in? That? What scenes? Do you get to be with Betty? No, but I took a picture with Betty. Cool. I heard she's awesome. She is the sweetest lady in the whole entire world, and my Facebook lit up. Like I post a lot of pictures, but when I posted Betty White, it was the biggest numbers I've ever gotten on anything. My friend just directed her in a commercial for a sharper image, and he wrote it too, and he said, you know, he said she was just such a consummate professional. She just sat there and he goes, you just knew she was going to nail every line because she's been doing it forever and she's so damn funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's a sweetheart. I worked with her all week long. We were in the same scene together, Okay. but we never changed dialogues with each other. And um, yeah, that's going to be a, it's, that's a nice big part for me. Now, how about commercials? Do you own any commercials running right now? Uh, I'm on a veil for an AT&T commercial as we speak. I just and got put on a veil before I walked in. You've done an AT&T before. I've done, yes. Bunch I've done pretty much every product out there. What is your favorite? What would you say is like, okay, we have, we have like two minutes left. What is like your top, your two favorite commercials you've done? Nissan commercial. Why? Nissan, it was Dogs Love Trucks. They made it for the Super Bowl. It was, I think, in uh, 2000. I don't know. I can't, I can't even say the year. I don't even know. But it was me picking up a whole bunch of dogs picking me up as I, when I sleep. Okay. So that's cool, though. Yeah, it was very cool. We, uh, it was a 10-day shoot altogether. So it was like the most, you know, I was like the star of it. 10 days. It was all about me. It was, you know, what's not to love. Where's the coolest place you've gotten to shoot a commercial? I went to Amsterdam. What was that for? Uh, Telly One. Tele, some telephone company in Europe. So they fly out and all them put if, you up? Yeah. That must have been beautiful. awesome. It was beautiful. Any other cool places? Well, I mean, any time I go to New York is always a plus. I love being flown anywhere to do anything. Okay. But like New York, Amsterdam, Chicago is always fun times. See, that's good stuff. Uh, so so how can people get in touch with you or follow you? Do you have Twitter? Clint Culp. At, um, um, Clint Culp on Facebook. Clint Culp on Twitter. Just at Clint Culp. Yes, I believe okay. so. And it's with a C, people. It's C-U-L-P. C-L-I-N-T-C-U-L-P. You have to spell that, believe it or not. People oh, would be like, dude, maybe like putting day. a K, like Culp. K, it's a Culp. No, that's not. It's not Culp. It's Culp. On my voicemail, all it says is clip clup. Okay. Because, <laughs> hey, because I get everything. So I just go ahead and maybe if I say it wrong, they'll say and it And you right. post a lot of stuff on Facebook, you said? Yeah. Cool. Uh, about my career, I don't... Some I have a friend who says I'm showing off, but I'm not showing. I'm sharing. Hey, I, I show him pictures of my guests because it's like yeah. people like to see that. Yeah. Anyway, I want to thank you for coming on. Thank you, man. And I this is your first. It. You said your first interview. First interview ever. You did great. Thank you. You were sit. I, I not one point did I have to sit there and work. Sometimes you have to sit there and pull stuff. Like, okay, that was great. It was great. So people follow him at Clint Culp. Also follow me at Cooper Talk. I give a quick promo. Uh, there's a new station called Clutch and Wiggle Radio, and you can find them at C W E R. ADIO.com. And I'm going to be in their circulation uh, for their podcast shows. There's something to play me there. Also, don't forget, uh, you can find me on WSDICHicago.com. There's great Steve Benz runs that station. And also, RantRadioNetwork.com. Just check those out. They have great content. I've been blessed to be involved with them. Also, uh, see me this Saturday at Sal's Comedy Hall in Hollywood. I'll be there, I believe, an 8.30 show. And uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter, as I said, at Cooper Talk. Send me an email, 
Cooper at Indy100.com. If you have a um, iPhone or smartphone, go to uh, the Google Play Store for your Android. Type in Cooper Talk, and you can find my app. Or go to coopertalk.podbean forward slash mobile forward slash for the iPhone app. And you can follow me all the time. And check out my website, coopertalk.net. I have a ton of episodes up there. And yeah, that's about it. Uh, Keep calling me keep no you don't call me i don't know what i'm talking i hate the last minute of this show <laughs> anyway people keep following me on twitter uh keep listening i want to thank my guest clint culp follow him on twitter i'm steve cooper i'm only as hip as my guests you guys have a wonderful wonderful day